to contrast. Happy New Year's Eve or New Year's Day when we post this. On this podcast, we compare and contrast our artistic journeys, creative process, and philosophies on art making. I am Bethany Greenberg, and I'm here with my husband, Josh. We are both visual artists with very different styles and backgrounds. Josh, Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. Are you excited that 2020 is ending? I am excited. Hopefully, you know, the whole year will be better than this year. Yes. <laughs> this time next year, we can look back on 2021 as hopefully a much different and better year. Yeah. It's just been rough for the entire world. So, yep. It will get better for the year and for us. Yes. Personally, it's been a terrible year and a half. Yeah. Our terrible time started before 2020 and before COVID. It started really with Josh getting sick. Yeah. And that was in 2019. I have just a quick a year in review. We started the year by moving into a new townhouse on January 4th. We love our new place. That was a good change. Started on a good note. We were all ready to have a much better 2020 than 2019. Yeah. We had a baby on the way, supposed to be due in June of 2020. So things kind of just went downhill from there. In February of 2020, we lost that baby, um, baby boy who we named Eli and that went along with a medical emergency that was unexpected for me as well. So that was just trauma on trauma, really. And then grief following that. And then I was back at work about a week and a half after that when school shut down because of COVID on March 12th. So we entered COVID already in the middle of grief and trauma and just kind of a blur from that. We were like, what? What's COVID? We were kind of late to the, to the <laughs> yeah. news, even realizing that was happening. Man, it was so weird at work when everyone was freaking out. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care about anything. And then it turned into this huge thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, the world is falling apart. What happened? We were... Like we were in our own little grief bubble and, and then we were home yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I was teaching remotely. Um, we took a trip across the country to visit family between May and June. Um, big, long road trip with both of our animals. That was an adventure. That was. We stopped at Arches National Park, which was fun. While in Arkansas, I got my first tattoo. And then in July, we found out that we were pregnant again, which we did try to do that, but didn't actually fully expect it to happen that quickly. We wanted to have a baby and it can take a while. So it just happened right away, which we were very happy about, but also still in the process of recovering. Yeah, there were a lot of unanswered questions like, were you well enough? Because you, you know, went through so much with that physically and emotionally. And 
COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> COVID, I know. Getting pregnant in the middle of COVID already and after having lost the first baby was pretty scary. They said, wait at least three months. And we did. And my blood levels had normalized. So as far as what they could check, yeah, I as, seemed healthy, yeah. but it was still recent. Yeah. So pregnant again, started off the next school year teaching fully remotely. And it still is, has been this whole time. We started podcasting. Yes. Welcome. In my second trimester, the very beginning of my second trimester, I developed entrapped nerve pain in my top right abdominal wall. They did not have a diagnosis for that for a long time, so it just got worse and worse. So that has kind of defined a lot of the last few months for me. It basically just feels like a knife stuck in your side all the time. Yeah, it's very painful and has become more so. And I am stuck laying down a lot of the day, which has been frustrating. Also, I was diagnosed with celiac disease around Halloween. And then we've just been <laughs> trying to figure trying that out. Trying to figure that out. Trying to enjoy <laughs> holidays, navigating COVID, and all of the things. We can't eat the same way. We can't see people. We both feel terrible. <laughs> Josh is not 100% recovered, though he is better. I am definitely better. But now it's just rebuilding my body after nearly a year and a half of laying down. Yeah, so we enjoy each other. We enjoy our animals. We enjoy making art. Those are all things we've been able to fully and completely enjoy. Yeah. Throughout 2020. Well, those are big things that we're grateful for. To be quarantined with someone you like is yes. not a small thing. So that's our year. Did I miss anything? Are there any like major things about this year that stand out to you? Seems like those are the major things. Being New Year's Eve and New Year's Day tomorrow, starting a new year, starting fresh is usually the time where people are making goals. So let's talk about that for a minute. How do goals. you feel about goal making? I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely. Why? It keeps my world together. <laughs> Maybe okay. not, not that extreme, but um, I think for me, it provides excitement, anticipation, progress, focus, order. Yeah, I think kind of those, those are the main things. So tell, tell the listeners a little about yourself, like why you need that for structure and order, like why that's helpful to you specifically. Okay. The short of it is I am extremely dysfunctional. <laughs> That's not entirely true. No. But, um, growing up, I had a really hard time in school, especially like junior high and high school were really challenging um, academically. You know, I had all kinds of testing done to figure out what was going on and ended up being I had a, a little bit of a learning disability, but it was because a certain part of my brain was highly developed, mainly the, the visual aspect, which made other areas crowded out other areas, mainly like things like order and scheduling 
and remembering, remembering things. things that I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, you know, I'd get an assignment in school and it'd be due on Tuesday or, you know, like on Friday and it would be a Monday and Friday would come around and the teacher would be like, where's your homework, Josh? Well, I didn't do it. Why not? I don't know. Did you forget about it? Well, no, I knew it was due. Do you know how to do it? Yeah. I just didn't do it <laughs> because it just like that day never arrived for me in my brain. So the way he thinks about days is you've said this to me, like visualizing a calendar. Yeah. Weekdays. And so if something is due four blocks of days from now, that four blocks of days always stays four blocks, four away. blocks away. Yeah. It doesn't arrive. Yeah, It doesn't come closer. Without me, you know, doing certain things to make it come closer. So once we figured that out, then I got some, you know, tried to figure out some tools to help. And so college, I did great. I did great in school. <laughs> like he's perfectly intelligent and capable and smart. But yeah, the main thing was I just don't remember things that are told, that are said to me. Um, so like remembering, you know, you, you have like auditory learners and visual learners, yep. and calisthenic learners and stuff like that. Well, my visual aspect of my brain was so, is so overdeveloped compared to the others that I have, I really can't learn very well by hearing things. Mm -hmm. And it's more, you know, pretty extreme. This is you something know. I sort of knew about Josh before we got married. But have like come <laughs> a lot more face to face <laughs> with, you know, effectively, he's just pretty scatterbrained naturally. I'm pretty forgetful too myself. So it was kind of funny when we were dating and some of our family realized the other one was <laughs> that way. And they were like, oh no, <laughs> how are you guys going to live? <laughs> we're just fine. <laughs> we're fine. We forget things sometimes. As a couple, we have developed strategies too. Like I put things on our joint calendar instead of just telling him and expecting him to remember. Yeah, because I won't remember. Sorry. And it's not intentional or vindictive. It's just, I just know I won't remember. So after a little frustration, we've come up with ways to deal with that. Yeah, so. So, yeah, so back to goals. For me, goals and planning things out is what helps me become very effective. For me, I do not like goals. I don't like New Year's resolutions, especially like the timing is seems arbitrary. I'm just a little bit rebellious in my attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. Could you say why you don't like them? Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Are you talking about the four tendencies? No. Um, there's this book called The Four Tendencies, and it's very simplified, not really the best like personality schema that exists, yeah. but one of them is the rebel, and that's me. What did you mean, though? For the, I don't know, first year of our marriage, we talked about setting goals and stuff like mm. that and helping each other. I hated it. And, yeah. I, but finally, I wasn't as comfortable then with you to say. I don't do this. Like, I don't like that. I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it was also like you would say, I need... I don't think you'd use these words, but basically be saying I, what I would hear was you need help doing these things, keeping you accountable and mm. stuff. So I was like, okay, so let's set up some goals and 
you can work out three times a week, this day, this day, this day, between yeah, these times. You're like, like, I was partly newlywed. Don't tell me what to do. Like, what is our marriage going to be like? Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> is he well, bossy? You don't have to do that. <laughs> no, he's not bossy at all. Just that's how he functions. So he yeah. thought it would be fun and helpful. Yeah. I get great joy out of it. Mm, yeah, I know. And he doesn't mind suggestions from other people the no. way most people do. No, I enjoy that too. So I asked you like what your thoughts on goals were and you said goals, you don't like setting goals because they just make you fail. I functioned pretty well on my own. Like I did well at things. I did well in school. And so I was like, I will do better just, just living, just doing things. I will, I will work out more often. I will eat fairly healthy. I will, I'll do fine. But if you put a goal in front of me, it feels like I'm going to do worse at that thing somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. So I'm not a New Year's resolution goal setter, is what we're saying. Generally, but well, I have year. enjoyed for the last several years journaling about the new year and more like my hopes and wishes for the new year and some things that I would like to see happen, some prayers, some ideas. But if I, if I call it a goal, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> I've had like a word for the year for the last maybe three years. And that's been interesting to see like how that works out. It's something I pray about and, and then just kind of see like what happens. And it's been really interesting how unexpectedly accurate those words have been. Do you want to share those? Uh, this past year, 2020. My word was accept. And I didn't like the word. I, like I was pregnant. We were happy. We were expecting good things. That just, it seemed a little foreboding and possibly negative. And I tried to change it. That word was in my head very solidly. But then kind of within the next week of praying about it and thinking about it, I was like, maybe embrace is, is the word. Because it's like accept. But it has more positive connotations, like we're having new babies, going to embrace the baby and the new, like all the newness. There will be hard things about having a newborn. So like, yeah, I would have to embrace like the challenges. So I had this set of expectations about what that word would mean. And then everything went to crap and I had to accept it. <laughs> that kind of brings me to our next question is more about art. Like, what art have we done this year? So the word accept corresponds to the last artwork that I did. Today, just now, at the last minute, because I work well with deadlines. <laughs> the end of the year, the so I have to make year. one more. <laughs> it's mixed media. It's watercolor and charcoal. And that was a new experiment. I inspired her. He did. He's been doing some charcoal drawings lately with really cool textures. It's two red flowers juxtaposed. They're actually kind of sharing a stem. One grows downward and one grows upward. The one on the bottom is a poppy. And the symbolism of poppies is death, sacrifice, and remembrance. And the symbolism of the other flower, which is a poinsettia, it's meant to be like a wish of merriment, joy, and success. Cool. So I'm juxtaposing those two 
ideas, which have both been very real parts of 2020, accepting the death of our baby, the pain and grief and, and process after that, and that it is such a long process, which is still not done. Yeah. I don't know if it ever finishes, not really. But also, like lately, I've realized that I actually think accepting the new joy and the new hopeful expectation is maybe even harder after loss. Accepting the invitation to enjoy the pregnancy and the future and having a new baby, like that's scary. And so accepting that is also challenge and good but it's both things together but I guess good in its own way and growing yeah great so what's the charcoal kind of represent that black and white the charcoal we'll link the image in the show notes so you can see it but the charcoal is it's two things (laughs) it is conceptual but it's also me playing with the medium and experimenting compositionally okay i feel like with a change in myself and my life i want that change to be reflected in my art as well and watercolor is so clean and pretty and and pure in a way and i wanted the charcoal to look messier like life is messy and just reflect some of the pain and confusion of this whole year and process as well. The confusion feeling of having two such different realities going on in my head and heart at the same time of grief and joy together. That's good. I like it. It's very interesting. I enjoyed the like physical process, the experiment yeah. with the media, with the mixed media. <laughs> I want to do more like that. Yeah, charcoal can be a really fun, interesting medium. You can really experiment with mm-hmm. and push. Value contrast, light and dark, is one of, if not the biggest thing that makes an artwork eye-catching and visually pleasing. Charcoal gets so dark. I don't know. Would you say it's the darkest medium? It gets much darker than graphite does. Um, it, dry medium, yeah. Dry. Okay. I mean, oil paints get the darkest. Okay. It's nice. And it's so easy to get it dark. Mm-hmm. Like graphite can get dark, but it's very difficult to get it that dark. And then once it's there, man, it is there. It's permanent. Charcoal is a little bit more flexibility. Okay. And graphite is so reflective. Okay. So Josh, what about you and art? What, what art have you done this year? I have not done a whole lot of art for many reasons. Uh, one being I haven't had the energy to do it. Physically, just physically, still recovering. Yeah, physically haven't had the energy to stand at an easel long enough to paint much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. And then also, you know, the mental part of of creating art is very taxing. And so just being able to think clearly enough and focus enough has been difficult, you know, for parts of the year. Because I wasn't really diagnosed until May of this year of 2020. Mm -hmm. So then we had to go through the recovery process or the 
detoxed from the heavy metal poisoning. Yeah. It was terrible. And one of the symptoms of heavy metal poisoning is brain fog. Yeah. As well as physical fatigue. So that's part of it. And then also just, you know, coming out of that, of all of the stuff that's happened, the grief, the, the swinging over to the joy, just kind of decided to take a break from art a little while, at least from a monetary perspective, an income perspective. But just in the past month, I guess, a new excitement and vigor for it. That's good. So I'm really excited for 2021 to be a kind of a return to art in some ways. Yeah, I'm excited about that for you. When Josh made the decision about stepping aside from art, not away, I think of it as a side. Yeah, the side. I think we both agreed and felt like then that really this would be good for his creativity in the long run and mm-hmm. his passion and enjoyment of art making to just take the pressure off of it. Yeah. And it's been a good break. Done some things you had, you finished one commission, a portrait, right? Earlier yep. in the year. Yeah. I finished a portrait commission. Um, you did I've a done... couple paintings after losing our baby. Yeah. That were very powerful. And lots of drawings. He's come up with this new charcoal technique with acetone. Yeah, it's Spray, fun. which is so fun. Just lately. Yeah, it's been fun. Josh did six little portrait drawings and charcoal of his nieces and nephews for Christmas within a very short time. And I was very impressed that he got that done and they were so cool. Thanks. I need to finish all the rest of my nieces and nephews <laughs> now. <laughs> like one potential question could be, you have any regrets from 2020 and one of mine would definitely be like that I didn't do more art then I made a list of the art I did do and I actually did more than I thought I had two watercolor portrait commissions three art pieces that were about grief about our grief I had a little portrait or a little commission of swing dancers did a little fiddly fig. I did a portrait of my niece, Addie. I did six little, I do these five by seven watercolor baby names. I had one commission of a moose and I did an extra moose for fun with a Christmas hat, (laughs) (laughs) with a Santa hat as a gift for a friend too. And I did a painting of the advent candle the first week that represents hope. And then I just finished this mixed media piece. So that's a decent list. Not as many as past years. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So what kind of art do you want to do in this upcoming year? What are some of your goals? My goals? I don't have goals. Oh, dear. I'm going to do awesome things without goals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. I want to do more mixed media. I want to do more... Like the one I just did. Yeah. Mixing watercolor and charcoal. But I would like to sort of combine like my more conceptual stuff with portraits in some way. Yeah. Do more conceptual portraits. Yeah. I hope after having the baby that 
I will have a chance to do some more art at home because I'll be on maternity leave. That might be a very impossible expectation. It's not a goal. It's just a thought. <laughs> awesome. No pressure. What about you? What are some of your ideas? I know you have ideas. Um, I have not sat down and really planned out my year yet, but I would like to focus on fine art portrait painting. Really pursue and develop my own individual style. That seemed like a very specific label. Will you explain what fine art portrait painting okay, even means? Yeah. Yeah. Do you mean that it's conceptual and more creative? I don't know if I would call it conceptual, okay. but it would be more creative. So uh, kind of when I think portrait painting, or even if you Google portrait painting, they're very um, like standard. Standard. Yeah. Okay. It's just, you know, almost a painted, painted photograph. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my portraits in the past have sort of been that of just the Typical, like not a lot of creativity involved, yeah, just yeah. representing that. Yeah, person, just here's this person, which takes a ton of skill, but not necessarily creativity. If you go back to our what is creativity episode, there's some things that I have tried to do with my portrait painting that have made it more creative. Um, and so I want to really more insist on taking creativity. And so making it more of a fine art piece. So a fine art piece is what I would consider a portrait painting. It's like, it's really only important to that family or to that person. Mm -hmm. No one else is really going to buy it or want it. It's like, it's that person. Why would I want someone else on my wall? Whereas a fine art portrait painting could be that where someone looks at it and goes, this is beautiful and speaks to me, even though I have no idea who this is. Mm-hmm. And so they might want to purchase that okay. or to collect that kind of work. So I want that kind of a, okay. a feel in a, because something being a painting does not make it a piece of art, mm. which would be <laughs> a <Crazy> question <laughs> to, un, to unpack. One of our professors at Harding in college, one of our painting teachers said, a portrait is not art. Yeah. And I don't fully agree with that, but I think it's sometimes true. I think most of the time it's true. But, you know, a photograph can be a piece of fine art and a painting could not. Yeah. (laughs) So what is it that makes something a piece of fine art? And I think it is something that speaks to a deeper level of the human psyche and the human essence. There's an intentionality with design, I think, too, that takes creativity and skill. Yeah. So I think that's my biggest goal is to put into my work more of myself, not just my training and create my own style. I'm excited for that. I want you to do that. Yeah. I remember telling you what I wanted that style to look like. And you were like, what? I was surprised. I just, I don't see that at all in your work. Because it like, was I so know. different. There are two main artists, right? Who sort of like yep. combining major elements of both of those artists style would be kind of an inspiration, like starting place for you, right? Yeah. So who are those two artists? Um, Alma Tadema and Muka. Okay. Maybe um, we should are, link like one of each of their stuff yeah. so people can see. Muka, that was the surprise to me. Yeah, I mean, it's pure Art Nouveau. 
illustrative, linear, like not classical realism. <laughs> he's a lot of the inspiration for graphic design. I mean, he's kind of the front edge of graphic design. Yeah. Kind of started it. I, I don't know if that's true. But I don't know if it's true either. I should know that as a graphic design teacher. But I mean, his designs, he designed wine bottles and. He put lettering like into his designs, which yeah. was not part of fine art previous to that. Yeah. Like a poster. But gorgeous. I'm so excited for you to do things like that. So great. Now you're accountable to the five people that listen to our podcast. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> That's 2021 for us. In I mean, one small aspect. We're yeah. going to have a baby. Art so. making might take a, a back seat for a little bit when we have yeah. our baby, but it, it will never go away. So very happy new year. I'm sure you can join us in waving goodbye, not regretfully to 2020. And create more art. And we will too. We will make more art in 2021. Thanks for chatting. Yep. We'll talk to you later, guys. (laughs) 